When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmondson. And this week, we are talking about Season 5, Episode 6, Viagra Falls. It's a very funny title. With, and you won't believe this, Carl Weathers. We started talking about the episode and then switched to acting philosophy and what makes Carl tick. It's absolutely one of my favorite episodes we've ever had, ever done. And we even talk about his juice type at one point, though it's just, I can't say enough about it. I hope you all enjoy. We absolutely loved getting to have Carl Weathers on the podcast and to have this kind of a conversation with him. It's very special. It's a combination of juices, oh. uh, including mango. I love mango, and it's got mango in it and, and some Look at Maggie's face. She's so intrigued. Yeah, well, hey, tropical, baby. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's because of my humble beginnings in New Orleans and the warmth and sort of tropical kind of, I guess you could say. I forgot you're a New Orleans man. Yeah, it's maybe it's in the, it's in the genetics of uh, anybody born in that area. Maybe. I don't know what that has to do with this juice because I love juice. <laughs> I like it. It sounds uh, it's not interesting about uh, New Orleans. I, I, I buy it. I like it. Well, Chris Maggie would add a little champagne to that juice. Well, yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm wondering. I was wondering. Um, if we're talking New Orleans, Louisiana, because yeah. we run as well. You know, champagne and what is it? An orange juice? That's the mimosa? Or, yeah. or is Correct. It? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which they offer you on flights and uh, cheap champagne <laughs> and, and reconstituted uh, orange juice. It's yeah. like, nah, I don't need it, really. It doesn't yeah. give the best, like when you land and you've had that, it does, it's not good. Somehow on the yeah. flight, you're kind of like, this is fun, this is festive. And then you land, you're like, why did I do that? Why did I know. What are you drinking? Is that coconut juice, which I love? No, I love coconut juice. They're not spindrift. I'm obsessed with spindrift. I love them so much. I, I am uh, I am a little bit addicted. They're a, it's a sparkling water that has mm -hmm. real, it's like truly real fruit juice. It's the only one that is like, it's just not sugar. It's not anything else to give it a little flavor. It's literally carbonated water and lemon juice and that's it. 
Oh, well, that's, that's absolutely, that's pretty good for And it's one. You didn't drop me any off when you got that case delivered to you. You didn't bring me any. I know. They, they know I'm obsessed. So Spindrift sent me a bunch, uh, Oh, really? Tim, I will totally draw. I will totally bring you a case. Um, I mean, it's mostly, it's almost gone. Um, <laughs> I almost, I'm not kidding. This was just like a week ago or maybe not even. And I've already finished most of it. So I did a quick, obviously sort of reconnoiter to try to figure out when, how long ago it was. And it was 2014. That's a long time, you know? Yeah. Uh, this episode was even before that. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It, it was more like 2010 or something like I think that. It was maybe. 2010. I think it was 2010. Yeah. 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 Because the show ended in 14, right? Yeah. 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 So I think it was about 2010. So that's 20. And look how good we all still look. That's the amazing thing. If it only felt as good as it looks, <laughs> the years tend to just kind of beat you up. I talked to friends, and one of the first things, in fact, one of my dearest friends that I have known forever, it seems, uh, we just had a conversation last week because he lives on the East Coast. And um, he said, basically, he asked, well, how do you feel? <laughs> you know, and I have another friend who, who uses the line, how's the body, right? And I said to my friend Dario, I said, well, the body is talking to me. Huh. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't say nice things, you know? I mean, so, Carl. Also, as I mean, as a football player, those knees must be kind Every, of matching now and then. Tim, everything, okay? Because <laughs> because the knees aren't the only parts that get pounded and get hit and that you are just driving into the ground year after year. The entire body, all those joints, yeah. body parts, you know, they have a warranty on them. And when the one warranty starts to wear out, we start to feel the aches and the pains, you know? Yeah, well, you look, you look fantastic. So I don't know how it all feels, but you look fantastic. Uh, acting. Acting. <laughs> uh, that's like, you were, were, go ahead, Tim. As we were flying back from Detroit, you were actually one seat in front of me and to my right. And I couldn't quite get your attention. Also, you were on. Um, after that intense weekend at Motor City Comic Con, we, you were just sort of zoned so hard. Because I just, I mean, we were all pretty, it just takes us out, takes it, took it out of all of us. Yes, yes. Those are buggy <laughs> by own. Yeah, I don't think you want to come to our show. But you know what's really amazing is I didn't see you. Yeah. If we were that close, I don't know. Oh. Maybe my head was gone because the weekends are intense. They do take a lot out of you. And also, for me, once it's over, I tend to, it's over, next. You know, yeah, you, you were definitely in a um, chill yeah, mode moment. Yeah, I've got the next thing I have to really start to contend with. You know, when you finally arrive at home, it's waiting for you. You can't, right. you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not going to take a holiday, bless you. It's there, you know? Yeah. So I'm already, okay, that's, you know, that's done. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go on with it, you know? So I apologize for Actually, not even seeing you there, Tim, because you're not. And I didn't. You're I didn't, not easy yeah. to miss. I can only reach so so far with my baseball hat to hit you in. Oh well, there you go. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bug you because you were um obviously chilling out after the weekend. Cheers to you, my friend. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Tim, what are you? Still on trip. Oh, you got the water. Yes. All right, we're so happy to have you, and I've been such a fan of you for so long. I felt so lucky that we got to work together. But I have to just tell you that, like, I have, I have just, uh, yeah. I, I think you're just so fantastic, Carl. 
and such an well thank you thank you thank you thank you you know i i remember having a great great time on the show and particularly because needless to say i hadn't done a lot of comedy if you will mm. right but i had done enough to know that i liked i liked psych I like its off-centeredness. Yeah. I like the fact that it didn't take itself so seriously or the idea so seriously of investigators who really were just these two wacky guys who were so into hijinks and, and into their own madnesses, but had these kind of, I guess you could call it hearts of gold you know, who really cared about what they were doing and were trying to do good in the world. Mm. And of course, to interact with with Tim's character, who was this almost mad scientist in, in the guise of being a cop, right? And with your character, Maggie, and the, the kind of, I don't know, silliness, off-centeredness, trying to be straight. Uh, yeah. The narrow kind of, of of comp also it all just it was a great family kind of show and a great bit of i want to use the word peaceful peaceful in the sense that it wasn't disturbing anyone yeah. you know what i mean it was just the kind of show that you could have a long day of work or whatever it is you did and then you could enjoy that you could sit there and enjoy psych and actually become a part of that crazy wacky family and then wait for the next episode. So for me, it was a joy to be a part of it, to be a part of something that was different from anything else I'd done, certainly, and really different from a lot that I'd seen. For a guy who says you don't, you hadn't done a lot of comedy at the time, boy, you sure couldn't have tell, had told. No. You would never, because your, your deadpan is so funny, and your, your comedic timing is so great in this episode. Well, the thing about it, Tim, was, and you and Maggie both know this, for me, the key is simply to commit, to observe, and to go along for the ride. So as an actor, you commit to a certain style, a certain tone uh, of a show, you know, like Sight, which, as again, just didn't take itself so seriously. And watch the actors who do it day in and day out. And how do they move and how do they behave and how do they respond and fall in line, you know, copy them, basically, you know. You're doing so much. I mean, you brought a whole character. Uh, it was, I, I, I second or echo what Tim says, just that the, the, your comedic, that your deadpan comedy is, I, I mean, I was, I was, I was laughing out loud every time. You land a joke. Like, you know, Colonel Weathers knows how to land a joke. Yeah. Such credit to, uh, to your talent is you can do so much with your eye. You did so much just with your eyes in this, in this episode. That is, that is not a lot of people can pull off. You know, you both know this. <laughs> to the soul, you know. So, hey, baby, when that close up is coming, you better be ready, you know. And even if it's a little wider, your entire body becomes the eyes, you know? So how do you, how do you move that? How do you work that? You know, I, here's what I remember distinctly. I just remember, first of all, how good Rodet and Dulé were together, ah. right? How they really played off each other. 
And then I remember we had a scene in the office. I don't know if it was in Kirsten's office or if it was in your office, Tim. I just remember us all lined up in the office. Yeah, Yeah. I just remember, and I haven't seen it in all these years, but I remember Dulé having certain kind of posture that he did. <laughs> and I just mimics his posture. Yeah. And I remember looking at me like, like crazy. And I just looked at him like, hey, are you crazy? Perfectly, <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's a wonderful beat where he's he's looking at you and looking at your arms and he's trying to do he's doing the old uh, arm tuck, the old <laughs> palm tuck behind the, the bicep, which I like so well on this show so often. Yeah. It's so cute. He's like yeah. yeah. It's like, so it, for me, it was just, you know, have fun with the whole thing, become a part of it. And um, and it worked. And you did. Like, you were such a part of it. You came and, and played with us. And we we were so happy to have you. And then also that you showed up in Hats and, and jumped right in and, like, had fun. To come to a show, onto a show that's been going for, has been going for so many years by the time you came on. And just and to fit in so seamlessly is, is such a credit to you and, and, and Bill. Yep. Well, Which you really did. You just fit right in. You didn't skip a beat. Uh, yeah, the band was really cool, wasn't it? You know, because we'd never met. And, uh, I mean, of course, I'd seen his work forever and uh, and really loved it. Uh was a fan of his. And some of the serious stuff that he'd done over the years was like, wow, man, you know, really formidable, formidable talent. And then for both of us to come in there <laughs> and play these kind of what, what a buddy and I call codgers, these, these types, you know, and just to have fun with it, to me, was delicious. Is the and you guys are so good together to have, like, never worked with each other. Like, it's it's very, the little the parallels, too, like, is the Sean and Gus and, and you. Yes. It's just so, yes, it's so, so cute. Good. Yeah. But you guys. You know, you owe, you owe a lot to casting on the show, too, as a result of those kinds of things. Which over the years, as I watched that show, and, and of course now, because you guys are in syndication and just the episodes just roll on and on and on, if ever I'm flipping channels and, you know, flipping channels, that sounds like <gasps> a million years ago, isn't it? Anyway, just so you know, yeah. when I say I'm recording something, I'll still say I'm going to TiVo that. So, yeah, well, we'll go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same sort of thing. So when you get off the couch, walk across the room and then turn the dial on your, on your television. Yeah. There you go. You know, and move the rabbit ears, right? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Right? The antenna. Uh, but all I remember now is going back and looking at a lot of the shows that you guys did and how well they hold up as something that could actually be working today. Mm. Those characters uh, really are just timeless. And the fun of the show is timeless. Uh it just had so much going for it, which is why you lasted as long as you did. There's so many just dedicated psycho fans who love this show so much that they're still coming along for our ride. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sure, I can imagine. Should we just clarify, Maggie, who we are? We were talking to the legendary Carl Weathers. Legendary Carl Weathers. Legendary. Wow. Legendary. You are. Uh, Yeah, okay. Deal with it. (laughs) Deal with it. Viagra Falls, uh, directed by Andrew Bernstein, written by Todd Harthan. Pineapple sighting, Tim. Did you get it? You know I don't even bother anymore. Boone's beverage at the bar includes some pineapple. I'm just too busy enjoying the show to ever catch the pineapple sighting. I don't catch them either. Um, yeah. 
Andrew Bernstein directed the shit out of this episode. Our dear friend, Andrew. He did. He did. And Todd, I felt like the comedy in this episode, because it is a lot of talking, like, you know, there it's it's on a, another level. I mean, this, it's Todd. So it makes like that makes so much sense. But even as cast wise, everybody, I felt like this episode comedically was uh, it was it was really smart. Like the comedy in this was 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 it always is. But I felt like this one had a little like it was just turned up a notch. It was so good. OK, interrupt me. Share with with what? What? What is there? You're saying so many great things there. Come on, we are. Um, we're already like almost nine minutes into the podcast, but there is a tradition on our show that we need to carry on with you, Carl Weathers, my friend. Are you ready oh. to help my dear friend Maggie and I podcast the shit out of this episode of the Psychologist Ren, a psychology podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. You've been doing a parade. I- Nineteen. Yeah, right. He's been uh, podcasting the shit out of it for like a while, and uh, yet you really brought it, Carl. Just like you brought it to this episode, you really brought it to the uh, to the psychologists are in today. Okay, podcasting the shit out of this. Yeah. Huh? Okay, yeah. well there you go. Yeah. Okay, cold open flashback, nineteen ninety. SBPD. Herb Wilkins, the chief of police at the time, is given then Detective Henry a lecture on his mistake on a case. Herb ends up taking Henry off the case and replaces him with SBPD's star detective team, Peters and Boone. We then flash forward to the present day, where an older Herb is running from two people he refers to as the worst of the worst. As we see him announce he's ready to fight the unknown assailants, it's insinuated he is shot. <laughs> Meaning he was murdered. It's a terrible word, murdered. It's a big one, and we milk it. Yes. Every time. Well, I'll tell you, in, in how many syllables? Three. Murdered. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. The next day, we immediately discover that the older man was former chief of police, Herb Wilkins, murdered, execution style. It was interesting that we um we finally named that original chief. So Herb was the one that retired when Lasseter came to the force in the, in the early episodes of the show when Lasseter was hoping to get his job. Which back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, Maggie. For a while, um, I was blogging as um, Lassiter. Remember Tim, Tim Trigger or somebody came to me with the idea of like, oh, that's rather than funny. Twitter was just starting, rather than answering questions on Twitter, I was, I was blog. I would just make up nonsense about Lassiter's background story. I totally remember. Right. Where are these stories, Tim? We need them. I have no idea where they are. They're on some lost computer somewhere. But um, I actually named the um, the chief was... um. John Finnish. I named him for my grandfather. So it's somewhere in the Psych Wikipedia, the original chief's name is John Finnish. What? So not this guy. I love that. All right. We got to find those. We got to dig them up. Remember blogs? It was like blogs were like the the way... I feel like it was the original influencer blogging, bloggers. Um, Which was how um, me and Twitter really started because um, Twitter was new and so I started tweeting as last. So rather than answering sort of uh, people would send in questions for the blog. So I just started answering questions as Twitter as last somewhere. There's still a last Twitter account, which I've long since lost the password for. The psychos will find these tweets. If they exist, the psychos will find them. Psychos, you have a mission. We need to see these tweets. I need to. The, um, his, the uh, Twitter profile picture is, is my bobblehead. <laughs> my last profile is still out there, I think. It- I just can't do anything with it because I don't remember. The, I don't remember the password. I'm gonna find. And, and, and is it a verified account? Oh boy! 
There you go. Oh boy. I'm not going to verify it anymore. So, I don't- well, yeah, but you know, if you want to really dig, dig and find out if at the time it was. Ah, I bet was, I think it was Lasseter verified. I bet it was. I, I bet our, our publicity team totally verified it as being Carl. It would make sense. Yeah, it would be amazing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you all, but I sometimes feel like I can get a little run down when I haven't been spending enough time kind of making sure I'm okay. Sometimes it's just easier, honestly, for me or for people, I think in general, to focus on other people and what they might want and what they might need. And then you kind of reach a point where you're like, wow, I'm, where am I? (laughs) Who am I? Anyway, it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need for yourself, as I just kind of explained. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so that you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy helps you kind of get to know yourself better in a way. And with that, you can, you know, set boundaries or whatever you might need to make sure that you're okay and you can take care of yourself so that you can be there for others and show up in the way that you want to, you know, and be like your full self with people. Because I think sometimes, you know, when we step over our own boundaries or when we're worn out, we can't possibly be there in the same way for somebody else. It's sort of that idea of like putting your oxygen mask on first. Anyway, I think therapy can really help with that because it helps you get to know yourself and what you need before you reach those places where you're like, you know, exploding or saying things you you don't mean. Anyway, if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash pineapple. Are you tired of the same old grocery store meat? Do you find yourself longing for the days when the meat was truly delicious and sourced responsibly? Well, we have some exciting news for you. This episode is brought to you by ButcherBox, the premium meat delivery service that brings the best quality meats right to your doorstep. Whether you're a passionate home cook or just someone who appreciates a good meal, ButcherBox has got you covered. Picture this, mouthwatering, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork, all carefully selected from trusted farmers who prioritize animal welfare and sustainable practices. It just makes you feel so good about the meat, but at the same time, it's also very good. ButcherBox believes in quality without compromise, so you can rest assured that every bite is as delicious as it is ethically sourced. That's what I was just saying. It is so good, and you can feel your best about eating it. With ButcherBox, you can forget about those last-minute grocery store runs or settling for subpar meat. Their curated selection of high-quality cuts is delivered right to your door, conveniently packaged and ready to be enjoyed. Plus, they offer a range of customization options so you can tailor your box to your personal preferences. It's so nice. ButcherBox is more than just a meat delivery service. It is a movement towards a better way of eating, supporting regenerative farming practices, and providing you with the healthiest, most flavorful meats available. It is a win-win for you and the environment. And I got to say too, if you are a meat eater, then I I would hope, or at least hope we're all moving toward the best way we can possibly do that. And I think what I love about ButcherBox being a delivery service is that they're actually a service that is, is doing just that. I think it's really special. And ButcherBox is also giving us a very special deal. Sign up today using code pineapple to receive ground beef for a year. 
plus $20 off your first order. That's two pounds of ground beef free in every box for a year, plus $20 off your first order when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple. Okay. Sean and Gus show up on the scene and Henry explains the situation. Seconds later, Peters and Boone arrive on the scene. Sean immediately doubts their ability, claiming they are too old to solve the case. Henry, however, vouches for them, saying they were the best of the best back in the day. While standing over the body of Herb, Sean has a vision and is about to share it with the group, but Peters and Boone step in and say it first. They saw the same clue Sean did. Bum, bum, bum. The gun found on Herb didn't belong to him. Peters and Boone show the group that the serial number on the gun had been filed off. Sean and Gus are shocked to see that Peters and Boone are well on their way to beating them at their own game. Then Lassiter mentions his gun's name. No, it's because, it's because, uh, wait, what was the name of your gun? Hold on. No, because I, I said that I had an idea, but I came up with Mr. Thunderstick. And your, um, your uh, slow shake of the head, because you're just so appalled by my idea. <laughs> Hang on, we, we got to go back. We, we got to pause for a moment. Pausing. So with the introduction of um, our amazing guest stars, I have a great sight degree of separation with uh, Mr. Weathers here. Oh. Uh-oh. So it's 1985. I'm a high school student working in a movie theater just around the time a massive blockbuster called Rocky Four comes out. Oh, what? So I would um, shirk my responsibilities. I would sneak away from the making popcorn and go into the theater and, sne- and just hang in the back of the theater instead of telling juvenile delinquents to keep their, their feet off the seats like I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I would just watch your scenes as the legendary Apollo Creed. Oh. And this blockbuster, again, it's 85. I'm a kid doing theater school, thinking about going down to L.A. and taking, taking an acting classes. But this blockbuster and your performance is one of the things like, this is the kind of movie I wanted to go do. This made me want to go to Hollywood and be a movie star. Well, shame on you, okay? I mean, you could have become truly a mad scientist. I right? <laughs> play one. You could have become one. What are you doing? You're sneaking in the back of the movie theater. Did you pay Tim? No, you didn't because you worked there. And they were paying me. Viewings of the rules. Yes. Who, who wants, who cares about rules, right? But also all these kids with kids with their dirty feet on the bottoms of their shoes, putting them up on the back of the seat. So people like me would have to turn around and say, Hey, cool it back there. Yeah. You know? Let's listen to their rock and roll music and their hopped up cars. Yeah. Good story though, because I can only imagine. How many aspiring actors came out of movie theaters, if you think about it, you know, who had a job maybe in concessions or wherever. Yeah. And my God, man, you get to watch movies all the time for free. Oh, yes, yes, I yes. Would, I would catch the timing of the film and I would know where the good scenes that my favorite scenes were. So I would sneak away then. So I would, I'd go in to catch my favorite scenes for uncertain movies. Yeah. Um, but let me ask, let me ask you a question. This is off, off, you know, off, off, but was there anything that you remember that you particularly learned by going in and watching certain scenes or certain actors mm. that really, you know, influenced you as an actor or, or influenced your, let's call it style of acting or any of that stuff? Um, yeah, I think, and maybe even for last year, because it was uh, the time it was um, trying to think of the movies I was watching while they were playing while I was working there. It was Rocky. Rocky IV, um, High Plains Drift with Clint. So it was a lot of sort of stoic, um, mm. stoic between Apollo and and uh, Clint's character, the man with no name. 
right. well, a, little bit, a little bit of laughter in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I could see that actually, you know, now that you mention it, because yeah, there is certainly in, in well, so many of Clint's characters from Play Misty on <laughs> to, to the most current. Yeah. Stoicism is a huge part in throughout all of the the number of pictures that he did with uh, oh, the great Italian director. Uh, uh, Stu Giuliani. Stu Giuliani, yes. You know, uh, I mean, that whole arc of characters were all tremendously stoic. But, my God, right, you know, everything, everything. So Eastwood, we've all stolen from. I mean, come on. You steal from the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, world-renowned movie star and still at this age as a director as well, still doing it, man, cranking it, you know, and doing it so well. Yeah. So I can I can relate to that because I think we all saw actors do their thing and, and managed to say, aha, that's the way you do that. Yeah. You know, or whatever that little piece is or that moment may have been or that scene may have been like and how that particular actor carried himself or herself through that. We all borrowed from them, you know, and, and I like to think, as you just said, steal from the best, man. If you yeah. <laughs> steal, steal from the best. That's so fascinating. I actually, I, like on that. I didn't even realize you worked in a movie theater, Tim, and like how influential, Carl, you're like uh, how influential that is by sort of being immersed in it all the time. You, you of course would like find inspiration and, and, want to you know you're learning from the best <laughs> that job tribute hot tar riffing which was my other sort of high school job oh boy there's a lot of inspiration out there <clears throat> hot tar roofing okay well you know uh if you want to play a guy who is a great roofer <laughs> right does what he does guess what go out and start doing some hot tar roofing i don't think pulling that shirt off in the middle of summer and dealing with tar torches and and what is it? Tar, tar, and shingles, and God knows what else. Uh, fiberglass roofs in, in the summer when it's like then the fiberglass would cloud up and cover you, and so you just it was um, not fun. The best yeah. part was loading the, the tar kettle, and it would the tar would then pop up and as oh, they yeah. call it, sting you. You'd get bit. Yeah, yeah, you got a nice little blister here and there and everywhere. Right? <laughs> hey, wear those safety glasses, baby. Okay, grocery boss where? was a very salty man who. Um, this amazing guy named Dan who, um, just, I mean, they all loved to just give me crap because I was an actor boy. Mm -hmm. He was like, I can't use the exact words he, he used because on our podcast. <laughs> kettle, and he said, my wife told me, since you're an actor, you wear your gosh darn mask. Because uh -huh. there's, there's a shield that I yeah. come at me. Yeah. I can't, can't have you messing up that, that pretty boy face. Pretty boy face. Exactly. Again, he used much more colorful words than I just used. Of course. I mean, I love talking about the episode, but I'm also, I mean, I, I, I'm literally like, this is, I feel like we're talking to a, a master and we're having, I, we're talking about acting. It's so fun. I also got to say, Maggie, um, so Rocky, Rocky four was 85. Yeah. A mere two years later, as I'm getting ready to go off to a theater school, but a movie called just some tiny movie called predator comes Whoa, out again, starring our dear friend, Carl. So again, like the influence of the blockbusters are just going, these are the kind of movies. These are, now these are movies. Yeah. Your flattery, Tim, by saying blockbusters and associating me with them, 
is truly appreciated. More than anything, my friend, I remember, I'm going to digress a bit. I remember when I first came to Los Angeles, and it was uh, 1974, and I started studying acting with, at that time, it was some of the first classes that actually had video where you would actually tape scenes, right? And then do playback. Uh, and I started in San Francisco with a guy named Hugh Zetlin, who was actually a photographer who started an acting school. And there were many actors who became, who did quite well, who started there. But when I came to Los Angeles, I, I was studying at a studio called Charles Conrad Studio with a guy who was really well known, had a lot of really successful people come out of that place. And they utilized video as well. So what I really started to learn was the craft. You know, it's so different, as you both know, from being on stage and just playing scenes, you know. Uh, acting for television and movies is a different animal because that camera is really your audience. You're not doing, entirely. doing this thing on a proscenium for God knows how many people or how few people. Right. If you're a black theater, maybe you got a hand, handful of people, but in these giant theaters, you know, with large proscenium's weighing everything from Shakespeare to, to Ibsen, uh, to musicals, as I was in, in theater, you know, I was in university. Uh, it's quite a different, different discipline. So really? what I'm getting to is this. We, as actors do, as you know, would congregate sometimes after class, go and sit and have coffee, have lunch, whatever. And what do people talk about? They're talking about acting, really, you know? And what they want to do. And I remember this waitress coming up to us. Uh, at that time, we were literally in the confines of Hollywood, even though that has different meanings for different people around the globe, right? But I'm just talking about in that city, right. not in that so-called, you know, mecca. Right. You mean the actual and city? Yes. The actual city of Hollywood. So we were, we were having lunch, and a waitress came up, new because we went in there and frequented after like a Denny's or something like that, not to give them a plug, but it was something like that, you know, where you sit in a booth and every, all these actors yakking. And this, this, she asked us, the server asked us, well, you know, basically, so what do you want to, what do you want to do? What do you want to be, you know? And I remember so distinctly the act, the answer I gave her was, I want to be an act, a working actor. Right. And very often, I think young people or people who aspire to be actors really want to be movie stars. An actor really has to really study the craft and understand the relationship to camera. Yeah. And what camera is actually revealing of you. Yeah. And so in those movies, you mentioned Rocky, Predator, all the movies that I've done, but also with Psych. The craft for me was always to, and I heard this phrase a million years ago, nothing I'm saying is original, but I heard this phrase, make love to the camera. And that is the point. Okay. How do you, how are you seen? You will be seen if you make love to the camera, <laughs> if you're right. care of the camera, if you are giving all you have to the camera. Okay. You're not going to be missed. The audience isn't going to miss you. Right. 
So whether it is stoicism or comedy or melodrama, uh, if it's action, if it's whatever the genre, you know, the thing to do is simply make love to the kid. Wow. I, I, I love that. And I feel like I haven't, I feel like maybe I've heard that at some point, but like, it's so true. I was just thinking back to like the first acting class I took back, uh, I took in LA when I moved here because, uh, as my agent, uh, uh, was observing, I had come from theater. And so for her, you know, it was like, why don't you take this class? Because it was really, truly all about the camera. And so we would film our scenes and we'd all weigh in and you could watch it back and you could just see, you could see so clearly the difference of that sort of subtlety versus the, as you said, playing into an entire house or whatever. Yeah, it was, it was such a valuable class. It was the most valuable class I took moving here. Um, yeah. So whether whether it's whether it's uh, something as 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 extravagant, you know, the extravaganza of Rocky Four and Apollo Creed coming down and the whole musical number with James Brown, so cool. Or, or if it's Predator, guys in the jungle, sweaty and mm-hmm. smelly and action and the monster. Or guess what? If it's psych, right, right, you're still. Just making love to the camera. Either way, it's still going to come in here, no matter how much, no matter how big the monster in the jungle is. You are there. You are. Yeah. You got it. You got it. So it all rush. You're fighting. It comes back to that simplicity. You know, more than anything, I'm looking in your eyes. You're looking in my eyes. We're reacting to each other. And why are we doing it for the camera? Yeah. You know, not for me, because you know, if I'm doing it for me, you're going to see me gesticulating and indicating and doing all this stuff. I can do something as simple as do this and look over at you and see how you're weird and react to your weirdness, <laughs> picking it all up. You know? yeah. So for everybody watching the podcast, we just gave you 50 years of <laughs> nothing. You're welcome. You heard here first, everyone. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, I feel like I should just drop point, right? And just say, I mean, it's not going to get any better than that. This is the gold that we wanted, that we hoped and expected from you, Carl. Yes. So we are um, living up to all our expectations. What's the matter with you? You walk into this with expectations? Yeah. 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 No. Oh, I, those movies, man, those Rocky movies, uh, they're, they're so powerful. I have people ask me my favorite movie of all time. I say, I say Rocky, Rocky one. And, There's a lot. And, of, I mean, I know that it's your it's your fight song. It's all my. I mean, everyone who knows me knows that I I I play uh, the the Rocky theme. I will play the training montage from Rocky Four um, and going into anything major. Get yourself pumped. Yeah, up. that's my that's my that's my thing. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's my little fangirl. Well, the thing is, though, you know what? All you're saying, really, Maggie, is what we all say. We love movies. We love movies. We really do. We love we love that visual storytelling arts, if you will. We just love it. And television the same way. When it's really, really good, you know, I, I mean, apropos of nothing, but I just found myself this last weekend deciding that I was I was looking for something because I've been working on a piece of material and I was looking for some inspiration really in terms of more than anything, authenticity and something significant in writing and good storytelling in writing mm-hmm. 
apropos of where we are right now in the industry with the writer's strike, right? Yes. How important writing is wow. to this whole process yes. of movie making, television making without the word, ta-da, yes. you ain't got me. Yes. Okay? There's only so much time that you could do that's going to get across. Yeah. I started, I went back and I started rewatching Boardwalk Empire. Huh. I hadn't seen since it originally aired. Wow. Wow. Right? Yeah. The writing is brilliant. The cinematography is brilliant. The acting is brilliant. The storytelling is brilliant. It is across the board just a magnificent however many seasons, I think it was five seasons or whatever. And in order to do what we do and do it well, it's never been lost on me that you have to continue to be a student and you have to continue to study the best that's out there, you know? Yeah. Because there is no... You steal from the best. Yes. (laughs) There's nothing new. You're not going to do anything that's new. You can do it differently. But man, I mean, if you can think it, it's been done. Yeah. You know, uh, you're, you're brilliant, but you ain't that brilliant. You know, somebody already uh, invented the wheel. Okay. You're going to do a different thing with it, maybe, but it's already done. So I'm just fascinated by us all loving movies and loving good television and going back and being able to remind ourselves of, uh, how brilliant some of that stuff has been and how much we've enjoyed it and how much we, we've been influenced by all of us. Yeah, truly. So my favorite place in the world was always hanging out on a movie set or a TV set. Absolutely. Oh, just from the other creatives and, and just shooting the shit with, with the other actors and yes. Yes. Well, anybody, the crew members, whoever just wants to talk. Yeah. yeah. Cause and we're all there cause we love it. Yeah. And learning from them, learning so much from them cause there's, as many of us as there are, there are different ways in which we approach, you know, but in the final analysis, uh, everybody's got a little gem that you can say, aha, I'm going to utilize that. Right. You know? So yeah, man, I, I am, I am such a fan of, of, of all the movies we've all grown up with and continue to enjoy. Carl, you really hit on the head of, we said, uh, sorry to interrupt Maggie. Um, getting on set and watching the other actors. Just so maybe not talk about how they're doing, just watching how they're doing it. Yeah. And then trying to reverse engineer sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And also, and also being very, very conscious of, and I mean doing this consciously, not passively, but consciously observing people just when you're out in public. You know, there are so many lessons you can learn that we can apply to the craft. Because people behave in ways that are really very interesting at times. Yeah. You know, it's not about being judgmental in it. It's about, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Look at that, man. You know, it can be from being, from someone doing something that's really disgusting, uh, that is really out of order, that's really ugly and mean. Or somebody who's doing something that's really genuinely loving or kind or whatever that thing is. But we all behave in so many different ways. And as an actor, can you 
replicate that through that part playing in that scene that you're playing with the other actors with whom you're playing again why for the camera <laughs> so that the camera can catch it you know well it's also like can you replicate it as like truth as well like oh, yeah absolutely. yeah like yeah. in a in a way yeah. that is like this is a, a believable part of this person's behavior but i i love your take on that sort of people observing like just observing people because you can pick up so much from that it's it but it does require i think a certain kind of like presence to yeah to do that we're reacting all the time like somebody young i mean i'd say young actors i mean i'm certainly um guilty of this too when you're out in the world instead of observing other people which is like your greatest free acting tool right there's the like i just said observing people yeah like we're all just stuck in our phones. I mean, I know I am, but to be out in the world, like really just like put it away and just observe and then try and replicate. Yes. Yes. Look at the world around you. And, yeah. and the challenge at often, I know for myself anyway, the challenge is not to be so judgmental, but just to be observant. You know, it's, it's like, and this is maybe a terrible analogy, but I can look out the window sometimes. I, I, I'm, I'm in an area where there are enough trees and there are hawks around, right? And you can see a hawk go after a bird. Now, when the hawk makes that hit, that strike, it's ugly. It's brutal. The hawk's just doing what a hawk does. It's looking for food. Right. It doesn't have anything against the bird. Right. Now, if you observe that and you see that in a character that you play, Oof. You don't then judge that character. You just can say, man, this dude's got some stuff going on here. And isn't it interesting? Yeah. You know, yeah. And how, you know, how far down the rabbit hole you want to go with that is one thing. But You're right. I mean, no villain ever thinks of the villain. No. There you go, man. Never thinks of yourself as, you know, you don't think of yourself as a bad guy. Right. You just got an objective and the objective is doing it by any means necessary. Yeah. If, if you take the person's head off, you just take it off and move on. You know, that's the modus operandi. But, uh, you know, we as actors sometimes maybe forget that. And so you find a lot of, a lot of us who are, are not as committed to taking that character as far as we can take him or her and delivering kind of performance where an audience says, wow. Right. And, you know, you or I, the actor can look at it and say, aha. So that's the way you do that. Stop that annoying tossing and turning all night, all thanks to Cozy Earth, the ultimate sleep experience. Cozy Earth is a brand that understands the importance of a good night's sleep. With their luxurious bedding and sleepwear, they have revolutionized the way we rest. Made from 100% premium-grade bamboo fabric, Cozy Earth products offer unrivaled softness and comfort that will have you drifting off into dreamland in no time. Imagine wrapping yourself in a cloud-like cocoon every night. Cozy Earth's bedding collection includes silky smooth sheets, cozy comforters, and plush pillows, all designed to enhance your sleep and transform your bedroom into a sanctuary of tranquility. Say goodbye to those restless nights and hello to a rejuvenating slumber. But Cozy Earth does not just stop at bedding. They also offer a range of exquisite sleepwear, perfect for lounging or snoozing. Their pajamas and loungewear are crafted with the same attention to detail and premium bamboo fabric, ensuring that you experience the ultimate comfort from dusk till dawn. Cozy Earth is not only committed to your comfort, but also the planet. 
Their products are sustainably sourced and produced, making them an eco-friendly choice so you can sleep peacefully knowing you're making a positive impact on the environment. And here's the best part. Cozy Earth has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things, and I trust Oprah with my life. Cozy Earth, you all, I know I've said it before, I'm a, I'm a sheet connoisseur. Their sheets are next level. I have never slept on anything so soft. Like I'm a hot, I'm a warm sleeper. So I, I actually need them. I think they're temperature controlled as it is, but they kind of have this crisp coolness to them, but they're so soft. The way that they lay is so soft. I have to tell you now, I can't sleep on anything else. <laughs> Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today. 35% off site-wide when you use code pineapple. You heard that right. Get 35% off when you use code pineapple on the Cozy Earth website. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious calorie smart and protein smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan recipes too. Get farm to table quality with every HelloFresh box. HelloFresh's seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness and travel from farm to your doorstep in less than seven days for fresh flavor in every single bite. Figuring out what's for dinner is not at the top of everyone's summer activity wish list. HelloFresh delivers mouthwatering, chef-crafted recipes and fresh ingredients to your door so you can spend your summer doing, well, whatever you want. HelloFresh Market has new snacks, meals, and more to add to your weekly order, like their fun s'mores bundle for the kids. HelloFresh makes entertaining easy. By the way, s'mores bundles are not just for kids. HelloFresh makes entertaining easy with a selection of crowd-pleasing eats like their bratwurst bar with caramelized onions, Dijonese slaw, and pineapple relish, or a snack board with pretzel bites, spiced bar nuts, and hot honey peach jam. Stuck in a recipe rut? Take a bite out of something new with 40 recipes to choose from weekly. With options to please even the pickiest eaters, you'll always find meals everyone at the table will enjoy. Need dinner ready like now? Look for quick and easy recipes on the HelloFresh menu, including fast and fresh options ready in just 15 minutes or less. I think HelloFresh is one of the reasons I started cooking a little bit during the pandemic, but I do think that HelloFresh helped me become less intimidated by cooking kind of fancier meals. Their recipes are so easy to follow and they're so good. And I think by using, and their products and everything just so fresh and so great. But I think by doing that, I feel like I've actually become a better cook because it's made me less intimidated. Anyway, let's maybe understand food a little better. Go to hellofresh.com slash pineapple16 and use code pineapple16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash pineapple16. Use code pineapple16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Cat food has been the same forever. It's time for cat food to move into the 21st century. That's why you've got to try Smalls. It is 2023. Are you still feeding your cat kibble? Now is the time to update your cat food with Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge, and it's delivered right to your door. Smalls was started back in 2017 by a couple of guys home cooking cat food in small batches for their friends. A few short years later, they have served millions of meals to cats around the world. At this point, you might be wondering, why can't I just feed my cat kibble? 
Believe it or not, your cute kitty descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey for food, and your cat isn't any different. They still need fresh, protein-packed meals to be their best. Other cat foods know this, but they choose to put their wallets first. They fill their food with mysterious meat, byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't, I don't even want to try to pronounce. It sounds so gross. Imagine having to eat that all day. After making the switch to small, 78% of cat owners reported their cats shinier and softer fur and reported 90% overall health improvements. That's a huge deal. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they will refund you if your cat won't eat their food. I can finally open a pack of cat food and not get nauseous. I recognize the ingredients in the packet of Smalls food. It makes such a difference. At our foster house for Tiger Francis, we've been feeding our cats this. It's kind of a game changer in the world of cat food because I feel like it makes so much sense. And yet most cat food is kibble. Anyway, remember, higher quality ingredients mean a healthier and happier life for your kitty. So head to smalls.com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you will find, but you have to use our code pineapple for 50% off so much your first order. One last time. That's promo code pineapple, 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Do you remember the barking dog scene where it was uh, barking and then uh, uh, like barking and then the other two go and like save uh, this girl? Okay, it's called the bark and mark, which is a a technique, a Peters and Boone technique that Sean and Gus make. Unfortunately, I don't remember it. I was like, oh, this would be great. Actually, time to bring up the scene right now because we're going to talk about. But it sounds funny well, because it's the title of it sounds so ridiculous. It, it's not only funny, it, it works. Distraction technique. Yeah, distraction technique. Hey, it's yours. Maggie, Maggie, all I know is this. Yeah. You use the word present. Yeah. When I'm working, I really, I mean, I really work hard at being present to what is happening at the moment. Yeah. Because not unlike... As, as I was saying before, Tim, with sitting on the plane and, and I'm just gone already. Once it's done, man, I'm done. I don't, I don't sit there and revel in, Oh, wow. Didn't we do a great job? Or now if it's terrible, that might really bother me for a while, right. you know? Right. But if it works next, I'm gone. I'm on to the next scene or the next whatever day's work or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, and because I haven't seen it in so long, I don't remember that. But if it stood out, then we did the job, man. Oh, it's so funny. It worked, and we did the job. Yeah. And that's all that counts, you, you know? You really made love to the camera, I will say. It's, uh... <laughs> Carl, um, hey, Tim, I'm thinking of like, I mean, synopsis, nothing, nothing could possibly top what we've been talking about. So I was thinking of maybe just doing fan questions with Carl if he wants to do them. How do you feel about that? I want to do one um, yeah. separation with uh, Mr. Devane. Yeah. Oh, Devane. I have one with him too. Yeah, yeah. So in addition to Greg Carl, we also had William Devane, masterful actor, who I was a big fan of. And um turns out, so Bill, and, Bill, it turns out, was a fly fisherman. So Maggie, you and I have talked about my my love of fly fishing so often. So he and I, we didn't necessarily talk about acting while we're on off camera. We talked about fly fishing to the point where he was like, my wife just caught a, caught a huge trout on the Madison this morning, which is one of my favorite rivers in Missoula, Montana. And when the show, his last day, he knocks on my trailer, hands me a DVD, which is a documentary about um the aquatic life, no, the life, the life cycle of aquatic insects, which if you're a fly fisherman, 
that's a fly fisher person. That's something you, you need to know about. Yeah. Wow. You know what? Wow. I see that DVD in my, with my fishing gear because Bill Devane gave it to me. That's so sweet. I didn't know that about Devane. But I do know, I have a very dear friend, a writer, in fact, who loves fly fishing. Mm. And he's been, you know, for years now inviting me along. And I, of course, not gone yet, but I intend to. I've never, I guess you call it fly fished. I've <laughs> never been a fly fisher. But I went off to a cow-calf school and learned about breeding cattle. And I bought a place in Washington State. And I moved there for 10 years and bred. Oh, we're in Washington. I'm from Washington. Oh, uh, on Whidbey Island. Whidbey. Wow. wow beautiful. Seattle. Yeah. I I know, I'm from Seattle. I know Whidbey very, very well. I had 50 acres. <gasps> and part of the property overlooked Muckleteo, the ferry. So I, I was in, in Clinton, which is this very south end of, of, of Whidbey. And, and apropos of Bill with the, with the fly fishing, I learned so much about what I do as an actor, what I do as a director, what I do as a producer, as a writer, from raising cattle. I mean, there is, there's something about that production schedule of breeding cattle. I even traveled around the country in show rings showing cattle. Wow. Um, the National Westerns were probably four or five years in a row. I would take cattle there, show them, sell some, sold bulls from obviously Montana, Oregon, California, Washington State, uh, Colorado, Texas, the Dakotas, wow. uh, Iowa. So all over the country. It's a fascinating practice. practice, if you will, for an actor to do something other than acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially, um, like with fly fishing, we say it's not about catching the fish. It's, it has nothing to do with catching fish. I mean, yes, that's nice if you catch fish, but you're not there just for that. There's so many other outside things that are about what it is. It's a practice. And I never thought of this before, but as, as you mentioned, it is joining nature. Mm. You can't master nature. You join nature. Because the very fact that you take the time with that equipment with this fly that is made by a human being to replicate, to spool this thing out, bang, hit that particular place in the water, and just start pulling that thing back in as if it's this critter trying to get out of the water and having that fish attack it. And and for my friend, it's always catch and release. Mm. So they're not yeah. oh. right. And I've never been, yeah, it's always catch and release for uh, conservation for the next for the next fisher person. So it's a part of the practice. And that is that thing, Maggie, as you were saying earlier, about being present. Yeah. You know, being present to that enterprise. Yeah. Those things teach you so much about how you want to walk through the world and how you want to apply your craft. Yeah. Nature is, uh, so. is such a thing. I, I, I mean, I've always loved horses and I love riding horses, but I've recently just started actually like doing it on a regular basis. And taking and that's it's the same i think we're we're all kind of talking about the same i because there that horse will tell me more about where i am than even i'm aware of because if Absolutely. if i'm not present and i'm not and i'm not 100% with this horse like i yes. that horse will know 
and and that horse will also be uncomfortable and that's not the experience we're we're trying to have it's like a it's it's un, i love it so much for this reason like it's just it 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 is a uh a uh i don't want to say a forcing it's just gentler than that it's like a like you just kind of have to ease into being present if not the nature will tell you like no 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 <laughs> like come back it's a rendering is rendering what is. such a good word yeah and as actors that's again a part of the process yeah it's rendering to that moment you're not trying to make the moment something the moment is already something and what you're trying to do is write it mm. to be Movement. One of my favorite fishing stories. Thank you. It's like, it's like you read my notes already. So I had this moment on a river in Wales while I was over in the UK shooting something. And um, I was out with, with a guide I'd gone with quite a bit. And we're, we're on this little, this is sort of a small river, small stream. We're going for, um, for trout and the sunset. It's like, I'm now in pitch black. And I, I know there's a fish out there. And he finally, my guy just says, um, just it was it was the moment in, in Star Wars where it's like, put the blast shield down. He says, "Just close your eyes and said, listen for the splash." And I just went zen, like went as quiet as I could. Just became present as present I possibly could. Heard the splash, cast to it, and I'll be damned if I didn't hook this fish. Yeah. And it's just just being it's all it comes back to acting, just being yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you yeah, can yeah. also, you know, Dulé talks about this too. He calls himself like a thermostat. Like he can kind of go into the room and kind of adjust based on, you know, bringing, bringing, whether it's like the room's a little hot, let's bring it down a little bit, you know, or like the room needs a little life. Let's like bring it up a little. Like I, I think nature in a way and like being present in a way is very similar in that if, if you kind of call to it, it'll, it, it'll respond. Um, yeah. 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 Um, no. Listen to us on this. I love this episode so much. I want to talk about this all day. <laughs> oh, my my Bill Devane story is not as uh, not as uh, probably impactful, but I, I funny enough was doing a show with him right before um, I I did Psych. I I got I was doing a show he did it called Crumbs. I was a recurring on this show with uh, it was Bill Devane, Jane Curtin, Fred Savage, and yeah, it was a. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it got canceled. Uh, like, right. It's the reason I was available to do psych. Aren't you the lucky one? Right? Yeah. I, I, I yeah. really, really was, uh, really got lucky. Um, but okay. Let's do some fan questions here. Um, let's see. How many are you up for that, Carl? I'm listening. All right. If Carl Weathers and William Devane are the older versions of Sean and Gus, oh, <laughs> this is for us, Tim. What celebrities are the older versions of Lassie and Jules? Whoa. Uh, I would say probably like, I mean, I'd want to say, I'd want to say Juliet's like, like quirky and like if Diane Keaton were like a detective, maybe. Um, I don't know. I kind of go to like Meg Ryan, maybe too. I don't know. What do we think? Hmm. What do you think, Tim? So are they um, are they younger than us? Because if um, or no, they're older they're than older, us. At the time. Yeah, like, like the older like, versions of us. Um, okay, I'm going. Um, doesn't quite make sense. I'm gonna go Kevin Klein and Meg Ryan then. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. I, I I like this. That's cute. What was every What was everyone's favorite moment of this episode? I think when 
for me, on a nostalgia level, it was when Carl says, ding, ding. Sorry. Actually, I think Shulay says it now. Oh, wait. People, people love that. Yeah. Ding, ding. Sorry, when Carl says what? Ding, I missed that. ding. It's a Rocky throwback. Ding. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I did, I did catch yeah. that wrong. Yeah, I'm not going to throw in the towel. Anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to throw in the towel right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the bark and mark is very funny. Um, I love when you, I love the runner of you always giving me your tasks, Carl. You're like, you give me your dry cleaning certificate and you're like, you like, don't take me seriously. We have a very, we have very well, funny little bit. So, hey, sweetie, so we need a fresh pot, pot of Joe oh, and a baker's dozen yeah. and it doesn't, doesn't glaze. I love it so much. So funny. I, you know, I just remember again that scene in the office. I, I just, for some reason, that just stands out to me because it was all the stuff that was unsaid, you know, that we were doing, uh, particularly the, the, the Dulé thing, uh-huh. you know, with the crunch yarn. It's a great and, scene. It's a great, yeah, it's a big full scene. It's so good. But I also remember, I remember, uh, there was, there was just the scene of Devane and I walking on a pier or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, and there was just a, an attitude that I remember, you know, like we're, we're warriors walking along the beach. Yeah, you I, are, you're legends. First, first reveal, you guys. Yeah. Were you in the lime green caddy, caddy and Yeah, there was some. We're first, we're first introduced to your characters and you're, you've all got all your swagger walking yeah. in. Yes, there's some swagger to them. Um, Love it, was, it was a fun episode, you know? It was just a fun episode. If uh, if Boone asked, would have asked to make coffee in real life, asked me to make coffee in real life, because I threatened to knock your teeth out, uh, would you have threatened to knock his teeth out? Um, no. I mean, I've seen Rocky too many times. I'd probably be like, maybe I don't do that. No. You know what I would do? I would be like, I will make you coffee, Carl, but... Uh, we are going to sit down and share one together and you're going to have to talk to me. You I want to have, co- I want coffee time with Carl. That's what I want. So I like that. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> a little bargaining chip there. Yes, I'll make the coffee, but yes. you have to do this. Yes. You have to hang uh, out with me for a while. I love it. I love what would be Juliet and Lasseter's version of the Bark and Mark? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I mean... With my with my horrific dancing skills, I feel like it has to be something dance related. What is about horrific dance skills? I you like, have you seen? Can I teach you to crump? Like it's what? But we just talked about the musical episode where you were oh, like okay. Ginger Rogers. That's actually all right. So I'm speaking more to less musical Juliet, more more clumsy Juliet. Um, yeah, I don't know, Tim. What do you think it would be? I'm trying to think of rhyming things now. The um. Blanking entirely. We would br- we could break out into a song. Bark, bark, pretty tough. No, bark yeah. and Mark is hilarious. Um, Carol, this one is specifically for you. How did you get cast on the show? What was the? Pro- I mean, I feel like we probably just were like, could we ever get Carl Weathers? And then that uh, it had to be somebody there who suggested that, and that's how it happened. I I don't remember at the time. I know I was a fan and. I wasn't doing a lot of television, and uh, it was whoever was Matt, who was my rep at the time, came to me with that, and I said, "Yes, please," as the British would say. Yeah, I, let's do. It, you know. And then I got that word and lost my mind. Was so excited. 
We were so excited. It was it was the best news. Well, I was excited to be a part. Yeah. I really was. And all these years later, again, you know, people remember the shows. So it's always nice to be a part of something that yeah. not only that people remember yeah. years later, but that they really enjoyed at the time. Come on, you want to be a part of that, yeah. you know? Well, we're yeah. so we're so glad you did, and I'm so glad we saw you, ran into you, and I, we're so grateful you uh, said yes to joining us today. This was one of my most favorite episodes of anything ever, by the way. Like not just of our podcast, but any any interview I've ever like listening to Carl Weathers talk about acting, and I, it's just uh, what a tr- this is. This is pretty next I level mean, stuff we're doing here today. Yeah. Uh, I, I thank you guys, uh, your your generosity in this throughout this, and, and uh, your hospi- hospitable nature <laughs> made it fun. You know, made well, it a lot of fun. Get ready when we ask you. Can you came to play, so you fit right yeah. in. Bravo, I think Bravo. we can say that Carl Weathers very much uh, helped us podcast the shit out of it today. Oh wow! Oh wow! It down dead. Not it down dead. Well, this is it's, such a treat. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you both. Thank you, Tim and Maggie. Thank you for inviting me in the first place. So uh, I wish you guys a ton of success. Thank. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just keep doing what you're doing and keep doing it well, as they say. Yeah. You know? That's so. Well, if we keep getting amazing guests like you who have such wonderful things to talk about, then. I cannot thank you enough. I echo that. It was it was such a pleasure getting to sit down and talk with you, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much to Carl Weathers for coming on the podcast this week. It is a moment we will never forget. As always, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at the Psychologist are in and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. Plus, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologists are in for full video episodes of the pod and the live podcast episode. Tune in next week for part two of season five, episode six, Viagra Falls, with the director of the episode who directed many episodes of Psych, Andrew Bernstein. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.